The European Union's newly elected Parliament President, David Sassoli, is calling for Brexit to be conducted at a... Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest is someone I first got to watch when he was playing as a goalie in the National Hockey League. Since then, I didn't know it back then, but I've gotten to know him as a man. I've gotten to witness him as a dad, as a husband, as a general manager in the NHL, as a businessman, as a guy in the community who's done great things here in North Carolina with the Carolina Hurricanes. We've been able to call him a three-time Stanley Cup champion for a few years now. 06 with the Canes, twice with the Penguins. He is still the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, but we get a new label now. He is a Hockey Hall of Famer. He got the call recently. Jim Rutherford, welcome back to the David Glenn Show, and congratulations. How are you? Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm great. Good to be with you today. You are so level-headed. When you got that phone call, I read that you were, like, driving home or something, and you noticed a number on the caller ID, and you wondered if it might be that famous call from the Hall of Fame. Did you just stay Jim Rutherford level-headed, or was that an emotional moment for you? I was pretty emotional. I don't, uh, there was no one around me, so no one could see me, but, um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I actually don't show my emotions very much, but, um, it was a four one six area code. I get a bunch of calls from, from that area code in uh, Canada because of the media. Um, so I, I, I really wasn't sure. Um, but as soon as, uh, I heard Lanny McDonald's voice, then I, I said, oh, boy, I, I, I know what this call is about. And it's, uh, you think about it uh, once in a while after you win a few championships, um, but uh, it really hits you when you get that call. Very emotional. There's a full circle aspect to this story, Jim. We all know the Hockey Hall of Fame is in Toronto, Canada. We all know you're, you were born and raised not crazy far from there. Were you somebody that, you know, were even aware the Hockey Hall of Fame was, what, an hour away from your hometown? Were you able to visit there? Because I could just imagine, like, a young boy, Jim Rutherford, standing in hallways. You can't even dream that you might end up there someday. Well, the present Hockey Hall of Fame is in downtown Toronto. It's in a, it's in a beautiful old building, but it hasn't been there very long. And, and when I was a kid... Um, I, I believe that they, they had the induction at the Canadian National Exhibition okay. in downtown Toronto that it, it's uh, it, it's kind of like a state fair that runs for three or four weeks, and it's, it's very popular. And My parents took me there uh, one summer when there were inductions, and, uh, and I was really young at the time, and I, I thought, boy, you know, that, that's really special to be here. And I can't remember exactly who was going in at the time. But but anyways, I, I was certainly familiar that the Hockey Hall of Fame was in the Toronto area for a long time. It was cool at your press conference you mentioned that you sort of flashed back to putting your skates on for the first time in front of your mom and dad. What age would that be for a young Canadian? And, and what else do you remember about just dreaming? I mean, you might have dreamed of being a hockey player in the NHL, and you turned out to be. I don't know if being a builder or being in the Hall of Fame were also dreams, but, but how did that work uh, when you think back to those early years? Yeah, the first thing I thought about was my mom and dad and, and you know, tightening up my skates when I couldn't tie skates <laughs> and taking me to the rink. And my grandfather, oh, you know, every winter used to, 
go out in the cold and make an outdoor rink and you know those were the first things that that, that came to my mind but yeah you, you you never dream about the hall of fame i mean as a kid you you i grew up in toronto i was a maple leafs fan i i you know i dreamed about you know maybe i could play play for the maple leafs someday and uh, I was, you know, I came from a small town, 700 people. It wasn't a big hockey program like the major cities. Um, I was an undersized kid. I was been undersized all my life. So, I mean, pretty much everything I've done is, was against the odds just, just to make it to the NHL. Played 13 years there, and then I was very lucky. You know, a lot of guys, when they retire, they they have a tough time with the transition or a tough time trying to find what they're going to do and and uh met peter kermanis and he hired me shortly after i retired and i had a long uh long relationship with him he he told me at the time he was going to buy an nhl team he wanted me to be part of it just be patient wait wait for the time i think that was uh 1984 he bought a team in 94 but uh i'm i'm a very blessed guy i mean i'm fortunate i've been in the right place at the right time and been given some very good opportunities and i've worked with very loyal people jim rutherford is joining us he is the pittsburgh penguins general manager he is going into the hockey hall of fame later this year a big celebration is on tap he is the only gm in the nhl's post-expansion era to win a stanley cup with multiple teams of course, 06 with our Carolina Hurricanes, 2016 and 2017 with his Pittsburgh Penguins. I imagine you got a lot of feedback and congratulations. You seem to know everybody in the hockey world. Uh, can you share whatever you may have heard from our corner of the universe, so to speak? Because there's a, a lot of folks who still root for you in a lot of ways, uh, even though you haven't been uh, on Carolina turf in quite some time. You make a lot of friends, you know, over your lifetime, and you make a lot of friends through hockey, and our hockey family is really big and, yeah. and really sticks together. And so, you know, like like it was great here in Carolina. I, I, I you know, I loved it here. I met a lot of really good people. It, it was tough, uh, obviously, at times uh, trying to build a franchise, but but we were, uh, you know, I I feel good about. Uh, how far we got at times and uh over that period of time um with all the friends you meet you still have friends but you don't stay in touch with them on a regular basis yeah. so when something like this happens um you just you just get a lot of calls from your friends that you haven't heard from in a while and and uh that alone makes it worthwhile you know hearing from from all the people that you haven't heard from in a long time and I really, really had a lot of calls and texts and emails from people in the triangle. The 2006 Hurricanes is a story that will be written and retold for many, many years around here. How do you summarize your, your recollections of what made that team special and what allowed that special story to happen? Well, we were fortunate coming out of the work stoppage. You know, we come off that year. Uh, the prior year that uh, wasn't uh, good for the game where where we were in a collective bargaining uh, uh, struggle and and uh, we we got to jump on things right when we come out of that we were fortunate um, that we were we had the, the the budget and the money at that point in time uh, we signed Ray Whitney and Corey Stillman to go along with some of the young guys we had Stahl and Ward those guys Williams and and uh, 
and Brenda Moore. And so we, we were lucky in that, you know, we, we were a team that, that most people picked to finish last that year. Um, but uh, the team came together. Uh, we got off uh, to a good start. and We just took the momentum, kept going with it, added a couple of key guys down the stretch, Dougie Waite, uh, yeah. Mark Recchi. And when we did that, that was the biggest thing, I think, when our players said, everybody believes we can win. And that was such a confidence thing at those two players. And uh, and then we we started off the playoffs against Montreal, and they come into Raleigh and beat us the first two games. And after getting 113 points, everybody said, oh, my goodness, what's <laughs> going to happen now? But but we had such great character and leadership with Brenda Moore. And, uh, and, and we stuck with it. And we were losing by one goal in Montreal in game three late in the game, I remember. Yeah. Brenda Moore went down one on two defensemen and split them and, and tied the game and we won an overtime and Montreal never won a game in that series after that and everything else was history. Jim Rutherford joining us on the David Glenn Show. This is a goofy question I don't think I've asked you before, but you've been around long enough. You probably remember this. When I was growing up and I actually played goalie as a young guy in Philadelphia, we had these flat white goalie masks that like pressed up against your face and although they protected you it was not like the cage if it hit you in the face I mean you felt it even though you had this protective mask I have read that of course you're going into the Hockey Hall of Fame as a builder you're going in as a three-time Stanley Cup champion it has nothing to do with this question but I've read that somebody you know back when you played with the Red Wings painted Red Wings on your otherwise bland goalie mask, and you thought it was ridiculous, but you just said, what the heck, I'll wear it. And, like, you were a trailblazer when it came to creative goalie masks. Is this actually another little-known part of your legacy? Yeah, that was, that was at a time when I was playing for the Penguins. Uh, their uh, jerseys at the time were blue, and I got traded to Detroit. And uh, we were playing in Toronto the next game, and I called the guy that made my mask and said, meet me at the airport. Uh, I want to get my mask painted white. You know, it was a time where I wasn't very happy when you get traded. You You just wanted to get things back to normal as soon as you can. So anyways, he came in the next day for the morning skate. Uh, with a big smile on his face. He did this on his own. He painted the wings over the mask. I wasn't very happy about it, but I wore it that night. It was the talk of the game. We won the game, and then uh, I just kept wearing it from then on. And it, and it, it, it is, it has been in the Hall of Fame for a long time. I mean, that was that was the closest I ever got to the Hall of Fame as a player. Uh, my my ma- my mask is in the mask this way. <laughs> well, he did win. I think it was 150 plus games as a 